You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the prosthetic makeup designer Mark Coolier and makeup artist Dahlia Kali for Pinocchio. I've been thinking to make with my hands by myself a wooden puppet. Pinocchio, try say something. Babbo. My son, my son is born. From one day to the next. What do you mean from one day, from one minute to the next? Watch me, eh? And one, and two. If you do like me, in two or three days, you'll be walking by your... Pinocchio! He's a puppet like us. Who are you? Pinocchio. I know a certain place. Called the Field of Miracles. <laughs> Put him in prison! Oh, call me prison! <laughs> What's going on with Widows? <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the donkey! to be a puppet. I want to become a boy like all the others. So basically the way it kind of made sense for me to go through this is there are so many unique and interesting character designs in this. I'm just going to ask you guys about a couple and tell me a little bit about the, uh, the materials you use, the texture, of the skin and really anything else you find notable about them. So uh, the obvious one is Pinocchio himself. Tell me how you gave me that very realistic looking wooden face and him missing his legs and stuff. I mean, tell me about Pinocchio himself. Okay, so yeah, Pinocchio. We, I mean, we, we started off with uh, some designs from uh, Pietro Di Scola Mambro. Uh, he was working with Matteo doing some initial drawings. And I think they were going to make the movie like the year before. So there was quite a bit of uh, work that had been done on, on the designs. Um, and then we, you know, the two things we were trying to achieve the look of the Pinocchio in the early uh, Chiostri and Mazzanti uh, illustrations of the Collodi book. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Pinocchio in that book, he has a, a sort of a long, long nose, almost looks a little bit older. Um, and I think we went along that, those lines for quite a while. But, uh, you know, once you get your actor cast, um, you know, and we, we, we uh, had uh, Federico Ayalapi, once he was cast, then we, we have to adapt the design and make it fit his face and make it work for his features, you know. So it completely changed, really. Um, and we spent months back and forth. Um, sculpt, I mean, we must have sculpted it, uh, I don't know, maybe 
you know, not including all the alterations, we did about 15 different versions of Pinocchio, really. And then each version was, you know, altered pretty much on a daily basis. We had, uh, uh, I had uh, Sebastian Lockman, who's a really talented sculptor, who was, who was working constantly on Pinocchio. And uh, we, would, we would sculpt it and then we'd send pictures over and then Pietro and uh, Matteo would make little alterations, write notes on the drawings, send them back and then we'd, we'd, we'd work on it further, you know. Um, that was one thing. One thing is getting the sort of shape right, the length of the nose, the pitch of it, the angle of everything, the, the hairline, the, how the ears looked, you know, that, that was a whole bunch of questions. Then it was you know, how do we make this look like real wood? Right. Um, so, you know, I really didn't want it to look like painted wood, you know, like I didn't want it to look like silicon painted like wood. I wanted it to really look like wood so that when you held it up next to a piece of real wood, you, you couldn't tell the difference. And, you know, I think we just tried to get as close to that as possible. Um, you know, to the point where I just kept rejecting paint jobs from people in the workshop until... <laughs> until uh, something came along that was like, wow, that looks like, now it really does look like wood. And it was lots of different washes of, of color. And uh, one interesting thing we found was if you sculpted the texture too strong, uh, which you would normally do to pick up all the detail of the paint, if we sculpted it too strong, then it looked a bit like fake wood. So we then went back and refined all the textures and the little bits that are in between uh, the, the knotted grain, you know, the, all those little tiny marks that you get in, in wood grain, we tried to slavishly copy those uh, and make it look like real wood. I mean, it worked. It's, it's spot on. Uh, how did you do, because I know the film was very big on doing everything practical. How did you guys do the scene where his nose extends and the birds come in and start pecking it? Uh, I have to I have to defer to the VFX guys on that one because uh, ah, okay we did we did have VFX for quite a few sequences, you know just little uh, I mean basically Pinocchio was practical apart from you know obvious things where you know when his feet burnt off, mm -hmm. um, you know he just had green socks on and uh, you know they were practical legs but then painted painted over so it's a combination. Um, you know, the snail character, her tail, when you first see her tail sliding along the ground, that's enhanced by VFX, but it's, you know, it's a practical tail, but it is, they just made it move a little bit more gelatinously. Um, you know, the, the, the snail's antennae grew, uh, went up and down because we can't make silicon contract like a, like right. a, a, you know, and I suggested that to Matteo early on. I said, wouldn't it be great if, these antennae could really disappear into her head like a real snail's antennae, <laughs> you know, so we did that. And the little cricket antennae, sometimes they're practical and sometimes they're VFX twitching about. Um, but Pinocchio, yeah, the nose growing was, uh, was uh, you know, a whole helmet affair that um, Federico wore. And then the, the reference for that from VFX was taken off our makeup. And, and stamped over the over the the, the footage mm -hmm. afterwards, you know, and then they made the nose grow. So uh, one of the other characters, um, I'm going to ask about the snail, but I thought one of the most realistic was the monkey judge character. <laughs> um, tell me about that, because it uh, it's really stuck with me. Yeah, he was he's one of the characters that's in those drawings. I can't remember whether it was Mazzanti or 
Chiostri or maybe both of them actually drew this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, um, uh, ape judge, uh, and you know, Matteo just, you know, we want this in the in the film, and uh, we we got a, a head cast. We we actually scanned him, computer scanned uh, Tecchio Chelio. Am I pronouncing that right, Dahlia? Tecchio. <laughs> Tecocelio. It sounds nicer coming out of an oh. Italian <laughs> than my my northern English accent, you know. Um, yeah, uh, and then uh, a friend of mine, Duncan Jarman, was working for me. He's the guy who did The Revenant, um, and uh, he did Leonardo DiCaprio's. He's a he's a great sculptor, and he came in and uh, did some did some sculptures of that character, you know. And again, we just went back and forth with Matteo trying to. Get, you know, we sculpted all the judge wig on him and everything, and and uh, you know, just went back and forth with Matteo and 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 tried to get what Matteo wanted. You know, somewhere in between, not a Planet of the Apes, but a, something a bit slightly more caricatured, slightly more almost like uh, there's one scene in it where he's sort of he, he's looking back and he he looks a bit like Marlon Brando in The Godfather. You know. <laughs> There's that that kind of feel to the uh, to the character, you know. There's this kind of crazy ape-like judge character, you know. Uh, and then, uh, what about the fish? Because I'm not mistaken, there's no CGI there, right? That's uh, I assume you have. You know what I'm talking about the the fit, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. tuna fish, the tuna fish, right? The fish, yeah. Well, that was one that uh, Matteo kept saying, that kept going, you know, I'd speak to visual effects, the guys, uh, Theo uh, Demiris from uh, the One of Us. And they, I'd be saying, oh, I think the tuna fish is a, a VFX character, isn't it? You know, and then he would say to me, oh, no, I think Matteo wants it as a makeup. Uh, and I was like, God, how are we going to do, how are we going to make a tuna fish makeup? <laughs> how do you do that? Um, and it ended up being a combination, really. It's the the front face part is all practical. It's a it's a it's a prosthetic makeup, and we made a big headpiece that comes way back. But then, mm -hmm. um, you know, then uh, VFX added the the body of it. So the, the 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 but the face bit is is prosthetic, purely prosthetic. Yeah, uh, and I had a a sculptor in Julian Murray who who came in and. I, I guess the only way to sort of once we got the actor cast, um, um, Maurizio Lombardi, we he's got a great face, these big bulging eyes, and he he was perfect, big long face and long top lip, and we were able. the The thing then is just to throw some clay on a life cast and just see if you can make it work. Uh, so we did that, and it actually kind of was quite successful. We you know we looked at it, it was like, well, this is actually gonna work. You know, I was I was a bit dubious at the beginning, but um, you know, uh, and then uh, Julian just did an amazing job of uh, of bringing him to life, you know, making him look, uh, you know, uh, he's, I guess, how do you get the, the what's the word? Uh, sympathetic, you know, yeah. Yeah. Sympathetic character. You know, Matteo really wanted this lovely sort of tender scene where Pinocchio kisses him on the forehead and, you know, and he's the wise, the wise tuna fish coming up. So, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, when I watched the film back, I think, yeah, you know, I could see that uh, what Matteo's vision was, you know. So I, uh, if we have time, I'll circle back with Mark for some more, but I wanted to make sure that Dahlia gets a chance to shine. Um, so 
Dahlia, I'm assuming you worked more on the fairy character. So tell me a little bit about her. Okay. Uh, at first, I will say that this adventure uh, has been the, the bigger in my career uh, because I, I, I met uh, Mark Cooler and he was my my <laughs> my guru of, <laughs> of makeup. And so I was excited for this. And um, you have to know that in Italia, the book of, of Pinocchio, the adventure of Pinocchio, uh, is a, a really national fairy, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, you read the book when you are very little. I was six when I read the book. But this, uh, this, uh, this fairy is very black, is very terrifying, because there's a lot of characters very strange and bad and uh, uh, a mix of, uh, between animal and, and, and humans. So when you are a child, you believe <laughs> in everything that you read in the, in the book. So. Um, this story, the story of Pinocchio, accompanied my childhood, um, impressing images in my memory, uh, linking to feelings uh, of uh, scare, um, fear, or mm -hmm. uh, anxiety, uh, but amazement, no? So I, I was inspired by those images and, and tried to make uh, characters hurtly, uh, um, hurtly, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, magical, you know? And uh, uh, thinking uh, of a dead child who became a fairy, especially when you are a child too, is terrifying because you have a draw in the book about the fairy is like a ghost, mm -hmm. very, very scared. But in this occasion, I wanted that the makeup of the, the, the beauty fairy uh, were uh, ethereal, ethereal in death, not scary, but sweet, ethereal mm -hmm. and romantic, like, uh, uh, Ophelia in the Clear River, or some like uh, uh, Pre-Raphaelita's uh, woman imagine, you know, uh, with the, with the long hair, with the, with this sort of uh, nostalgic in the eyes. Okay, and uh, uh, the choice of the actress uh, who played uh, the adult fairy was was fundamental for me because uh, I have a project in my mind, and uh, I needed a particular. Uh, type of skin and particular type of, of uh, facial hair because uh, um, the color uh, will uh, will change and became artificial. Okay, the wig that we used for the fairy was this sort of light Prussian blue. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the facial hair had to be to had to be um, the same color, and I changed this color with with this artificial and. Uh, um, I used uh, for my job uh, the, the, the technique, the high brush technique, and so I, I, I was able to to make this this shade of of a light blue Prussian uh, used the, um, a cold color palette uh, like um, porcelain, ivory, or uh, high white, and uh, because I wanted that the the, the fairy were um, uh, bright. Mm -hmm. uh, iridescent skin. I wanted an iridescent skin and uh, a lunar nuance, you know, and uh, just a bit gloomy, especially in the scene of the circus when she when she saw uh, the, the the honky Pinocchio uh, who who go down and she cries. And I thought that uh, uh, in this occasion she was 
a really beautiful, is a beautiful ghost, but sweet and gentle, I think. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> she and, was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a, also the little one fairy, the, the child fairy, and Alida, the name of the actress, uh, was a really good baby and very patient. And she lost her makeup and her wigs. So she stayed on the chair of the makeup for two hours. Also, if she, she need, she don't need to stay there. And uh, also for her, uh, I use the same uh, color palette of the other fairy. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, of course, uh, uh, on the face of the, of the baby, you are scared to, to use some products or uh, some techniques like the airbrush, uh, but she's very, um, uh, she was very good. And uh, she stayed, she, she doesn't move never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was wow. beautiful like the, the other baby. Yeah, she was uh, in 12, the baby. Oh, so not quite a baby. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. Right. <laughs> Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. So, uh, Dahlia, one other area I was curious about is when we see Roberto Benigni again inside the fish, he looks... I mean, he looks old. He looks sick, like he's been being kind of digested. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, okay. Uh, the character of Geppetto, uh, with, uh, played, uh, the actor was uh, Roberto Benigni, as a poor, uh, at the beginning of the story, is a poor um, and lonely carpenter uh, who fizzes up uh, um, a lot of vicissitudes uh, during the story. At the beginning, uh, the makeup is based on the, the color of the nature. Uh, the skin is, is, uh, um, uh, is uh, black meat, is uh, dirty. The, the skin is more dirty mm -hmm. because it is very poor. And uh, uh, 
um, uh, he has uh, uh, his hands are injured by the by the cold and by the work, mm-hmm. and he has a, a, a unkempt bird uh, with the with the with the scar on the face. Uh, but uh, after, um, especially when he, he he gets trapped in the in the the belly of the whale. Uh, the makeup changed and the color um, um, shades to the green tone because I thought that he stayed there, he stayed inside the, 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 the belly of the, the whale for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much time, but a lot of time. So he became uh, uh, an integral part of the belly, I think. So uh, I used uh, this uh, green color palette like the the seaweed, like the or the mm. mi- microorganism lives in the sea, because he lives inside the whale, like in the depth of the sea. There's no sun, and and the skin became uncolored, uh, without color, um, always wet and uh, more white, and the bird is lengthening uh, with with a with a fake uh, fake hair uh, and and more aged, and if you remember. Um, he has a week, mm-hmm. uh, second week that like we use is longer and aged. And before, uh, in, uh, at, the, at the beginning of the preparation of the makeup, I put the, the um, uh, I apply, I applied uh, a, a bald cap uh, to cover the, the real, uh, the, the, the natural uh, hair of the actor. And uh, uh, Francesco Pegoretti, the hairstylist, uh, used this this wig more more aged, and uh, so the appear uh, so Geppetto appears a uh, uh, period period okay appeared, <laughs> uh, yes. more aged <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, more aged and and sick and and sad because he lost Pinocchio and yeah. pain, and when he he go out he go go he. We went out of the whale. Uh, the makeup uh, remained uh, on the, the green tone, but less than, than before. Uh, we, we think that the new life uh, is starting. That's very beautiful. A somewhat less beautiful character, uh, or two of them, would be the fox and the cat. Um, those are pretty vile characters. So, Mark, why don't you tell me a little bit about creating those, their ears and their bushy hair? Yeah, well, that was a total combination of uh, of Oz and uh, Dahlia and uh, Francesco, um, and more more Dahlia than 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 ourselves really. We did sculpt some um, some maquette, full maquette heads, and we we did slightly stronger prosthetic makeups on those guys. But but um, I mean, they had such the actors had such good faces for the characters that. I think we all unanimously agreed that actually we should go less on the prosthetics and keep more of the character of their faces. So after we did the first test, we pared everything down. So the 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 uh, the cat character on uh, Rocco Papalio, he, he's got a, a little nose and top lip piece uh, that we we sculpted, uh, that Stephen Murphy sculpted. And then uh, the, the, the fox has got a, just a little top lip piece uh, and the, the bit under his nostrils, you know, the, is it the septum um, piece, you know, just to extend that. And that did make a difference and, um, you know, enhanced his profile. And then, um, you know, it was Dahlia who did all the beautiful um, facial hair laying on the cat and, uh, you know, and Francesco working on the, the, the wigs and 
the long whiskers, you know, uh, interestingly, we had some uh, cat, real cat whiskers that we borrowed <laughs> off a, a friend of ours. Uh, she has a cat. <laughs> She has a cat and she's a hair person, a hair specialist in the film industry. Wow. Of course, every time one of her cat's whiskers fell off, she collected it in a bot in a in a in a in a case, you know. So she had this case of real cat whiskers. So we we brought those in and we actually used those. And I promised faithfully to get them back to her after. <laughs> you know, so we, we kept them all. And then uh, I think we found some eventually for, that we could buy online somewhere. So those are real. Real whiskers, you know, because you just get the most beautiful look from them. You know, it's really hard to replicate that that look. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Dahlia can talk a little bit more about, you know, obviously their characters were so grubby and they're 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 poor and, you know, they're 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 thieves, they're beggars, horrible characters. You know, that horrible scene where they're all eating in the in the inn. Oh. It, that's, that's just a makeup artist's worst nightmare. <laughs> you know, doing prosthetics and facial hair, and then repeatedly for hours eating chicken wings and skin, and oh, it's really, really horrible. It's like, oh, you know, when I watch that sequence, it just turns my stomach. <laughs> but it, it, they great. eat it also. They eat it a lot of nails, I think, in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, Mark? Yes, yeah. So you, why don't you talk a little bit about the rest of it, uh, Dali, on those two characters? So we'd basically stick the prosthetics on and then the guys would go over to Dali and, uh, and Dali would work her magic. Okay. <laughs> I won't say that uh, I enjoyed myself a lot uh, to, to, to do the makeup of uh, Cat and Fox, but we, we have a little trouble, a little problem uh, with the actor uh, who played the fox because he was like a child uh, <laughs> on the chair of the dentist, <laughs> never stopped to move. I remember Stephen. <laughs> I we were in panic. So, but um, after that, um, uh, Stephen and, and Marks uh, finished it to apply the, the, the little muzzle uh, and airs. I continued. I continued the, the, the makeup uh, to uh, the, the application of the, the facial hair, blending the the higher line of the actor uh, to the eyebrow like an animal, uh, as as an animal. And uh, I lent in the, the I lent in the, the, the bird uh, with, a, with a lot of <laughs> dirty hair, uh, dirty fake hair, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, at the beginning, uh, no, before uh, to start the shooting, uh, I prepare um, the nails of these animals. Uh, I, I make make I made a, um, a cast of the of the ends of the actors. Uh, I modeled the, uh, in plastiline after in raisin, uh, making these, these these nails, these animal nails. Mm -hmm. They they were no, uh, they were no. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yes. It's okay. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> A lot of things <laughs> in these days. And so I prepare these nails, and every day we put these nails. This, nails uh, on the on the on the actors and they uh, put the end in the in the ground in the ground or eating uh, something like this oh, it's a terrible but the difficult were uh, to to uh, to put uh, the air the fascia hair uh, very natural and mix the color 
um, tough by tough uh, with the glue on the skin. Uh, you have to put uh, like 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 uh, the face of a, of a cat and a fox. Mm -hmm. I enjoy stuff a lot. <laughs> they're hard Sorry. makeups to do. Those two, they're real tough characters, aren't they? They're really hard makeups to do. A because the yeah. you know, like you say, Cecherini is not the easiest guy to stick makeup on. <laughs> you know, he never keeps still. It's hard to get a prosthetic on him. He's all over the place, like moving, and you're trying to glue stuff on, and it's it's tricky, you know. And then you got you know Dahlia's work of blending the hair and all these different hair colors and patterns, and and bringing the hair down onto the forehead of the of the cat you know it's they're really tricky little things to do those those makeups they look probably more simple than than doing the snail or the cricket or something but actually they they are they are tricky yeah it, it it sounds like it um who spent the longest in the chair on an average day oh longest in the chair blimey i would say probably the snail maybe three and a half hours probably uh just for us to get the pieces on and then she had to go on set and then she had a big uh bodysuit you know so mm -hmm. she wore a full snail suit and uh you know she was actually pulling that massive shell behind her on a trolley oh, oh it was uh strapped to her waist some people thought that was uh that was a visual effects thing added later but no it was uh it was all there on set you know not she had a little trolley and a <laughs> um, she'd be she'd be in her suit, you know, and we had a whole big full snail suit built by uh, Joe Glover and a whole load of people sculpted on that. You know, I had a really great um, Italian sculptor over uh, called Andrea Usebi who sculpted some of the puppet puppet theater as well, all the little puppet wooden puppet characters, mm -hmm. uh, and he worked on the snail along with a whole bunch of uh, sculptors. We had, I don't know, probably. Uh, 10 or 15 people work on that snail for a few months, you know, just to, wow. just, just to get that all completed and uh, on time. Are there any other moments or characters in the film that people would probably assume were visual effects that you're like, nope, we did this in camera? Oh, uh, well, I guess the, the only thing that's done in visual effects, really, in terms of all the, those characters, um, is the donkey that falls into the water. You know, mm -hmm. and spins around and all the fish swim around it, which is beautiful. And then the big, massive uh, dogfish that swallows uh, Pinocchio, that's a fully... There's one of course. practical mouth opening, but the rest of it is 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 digital. But aside from that, all, all the others are practical. You know, the little wooden theatre puppets I'm, I'm really proud of because I think, you know, we took a lot of... Um, you know, we took uh, uh, the reference from all the original, uh, you know, wooden, real wooden puppets from productions of Pinocchio, you know, that have been, uh, and we, we got those as reference. And then we made those, we translated those onto our, our performers, you know, so the Janduya character is, is based on a real puppet. So we took the mm. same makeup, the makeup off the puppet, the pink, the pinks in the face and the white, the white paint on the wood. Um, and then we had the devil, you know, so we, we copied the devil from a, 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 we enhanced it, but we took the basic shape a, a, of the devil and the pattern of the beard and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And we transferred that over as well, even to the point of, you know, painting underneath the eye and eye line and stuff that was on the actual puppet itself that we were referencing, you know. So I'm really proud of all the uh, uh, puppet theatre characters. I think, you know, they, they're quite sweet and they look, 
you know, they, 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 when you see that sequence of Pinocchio kissing them all goodbye, you know, it's a really tender, tender scene. You know, these poor little puppets that are, uh, you know, kept and uh, worked on, on the stage. And then um, what about the, you said the donkey himself was CGI, but was the transformation where you have the ears, were those digitally augmented or did you create prosthetics for those? We did prosthetic ears that were all hair punched and flocked and uh, and, and we glued those on to both uh, Lucignola and, uh, and uh, Pinocchio. And then they they were moved by visual effects. So they're sort of practical, but the blend and the movement and everything uh, was was done by visual effects. Yeah. Was it difficult? And, and the, actual, the actual transformation, you know, the 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 foot growing and the leg growing into a donkey, you know, creepy sequence, you know, when you, <laughs> when, like, like Dahlia said, when you when you see when when you read that as a kid, I remember reading it as a child and just. It was terrifying, you know, that you yeah. grow a, do a donkey and ears growing out of your head, you know. When my little boy, my little boy's eight and the same age as Federico when he was sat in the chair doing makeup and he, he watched it with me and, uh, you know, he was really like, wow, that's really creepy, you know, to a little eight-year-old. <laughs> it's it's Cronenbergian. Yeah, it's horrible. Turning into a donkey and then being made to made to perform in a circus, you know. And the, uh, the implication is the others of them were never recovered, right? Like those boys were just, <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, God, what, what is that? What, the, mor the, mor the moral story of this, you know, it's, uh, it's like, stay away from these people who might uh, abduct you and take, take you off to the circus. We were talking about it earlier. It's a, it's a real, uh, you know, like all these fairy tales, you know, it's like, don't walk into the woods. Don't, don't talk to the strange old lady, you know. <laughs> Who might bake you in her oven? You know, it's like, and Pinocchio's got all these all these things in it, hasn't it? Don't don't run away. Don't listen to strangers. Don't don't go off to the land of toys. You know, that's the truth. Uh, last character I wanted to ask you about the bird people. Oh yeah, the bird people. They were they were great. Yeah, I, I really loved doing those because. Um, I've seen some bird makeups before and uh, we just wanted to make them look as real as possible. But, you know, in, and because you're sticking a bird head on onto a guy in a suit, you know, it's 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 always going to look comical, you know. Yeah. Uh, in, in that <laughs> sequence. So therefore, we were like, OK, we'll just try and make them look as much like birds as possible. But, you know, and let and let that. And Pietro had done some really great drawings of the two characters, the owl and, and the raven. Um, and we just used his drawings and then we did some maquettes. And uh, and then it was a whole months of, um, you know, trying different feathers. So all the feathers are sort of hand cut and painted and dyed the right color. And there's a big combination. And when they go from when they go from the fur of the around the beak up across the eyebrows into the feathers, we tried to get a transition that sort of looked like hair, but then ended up being feathers, you know, so it was like part human, part animal. Mm -hmm. uh, and, just, and just to get a nice, a nice transition, if you start trying to stick small feathers all over the face, around the nose and under the eyes and over the eyebrows, you lose the actor, you know, you lose the, the shape and, and the, the texture of the skin and everything. So we, we didn't try and do that. We tried to, you know, create a, 
hair and tiny little fine hairs we created eyebrows you know that then went and and transitioned into feathers at some point and that was quite again it was a really tough um it was a really tough thing to make those 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 guys uh they're only on it for in it for a short period of time so i think you know the benefit for us on this film was Pinocchio comes across these characters in little set pieces, you know, and then and then they disappear. You never see them again, uh, or you know, there's only a few that come back and forth, you know. So we had we could really go to town on spending time on those on those feathered makeups, you know, because they were only on set. We only shot them for like two days, I think, maybe three. Um, so we did we didn't, you know, we could really spend a lot of time on each one. And it's the same with the gorilla. He was shot for. Two or three days, uh, or two days, I think maybe, um, and uh, you know, so it, it was nice because we were able to really make them look as beautiful as possible. I think if they shot, if all those characters were on for twenty days every day, along with Pinocchio and everything, it would have been a whole different ball game. You know, we'd have needed fifty makeup artists. And, oh God, yeah. You know, it would have been crazy, but you know, it was it was manageable within this budget. Um, because we're not talking about a huge budget film here. It's, you know, it, it, it's, you know we, it was manageable because we, we didn't have too many characters on on any one day, you know. Well, guys, this was, uh, I mean, this is a fantastic makeup showcase. I, I hope it gets nominated because it really is some of the best work I've seen this year. But uh, thank you both for coming on to talk. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we get to see more of your work in the future as well. Do you know what projects you're working on next? We're doing a whole bunch of things at the moment. We're doing uh, some work for an upcoming Halo uh, series for Netflix. Uh, so we're doing some stuff on that. Um, and uh, what else are we doing? Uh, we've just uh, finished a vampire movie that we Ooh. shot in Prague, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and uh, we are now working... Well, uh, we're just doing doing a film about... Tetris about the development of Tetris, the game. Oh, Tetris. so it's not like a Tetris the movie. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, it's kind of, it is kind of Tetris the movie, but it's the story of the guy who, um, you know, found the, the discovered the game, and then it's the it's the political wranglings of trying to get the rights to this game that was going to be worldwide world famous. You know, everyone knew it was going to make a, make millions, you know, but it was uh, developed by the Russians. So it's a really interesting story, really interesting story. So yeah, a big, big variety of projects, really. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to see the rest of your work. Thank okay. you so much. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the prosthetic makeup designer, Mark Coolier and makeup artist, Dahlia Colley for the film Pinocchio here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Pinocchio is currently shortlisted for the Best Makeup and Hairstyling Oscar at this year's Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.